0: Hello, friends. This is Sarah Rice and Therapy Jeff back with episode two of This Changes Everything. How are
1: you I'm now? doing really good. Before we get into it, though, actually, so I'm like, a am a fan of your Instagram account.
0: Oh, all, oh, all all you. posts,
1: Everybody should go follow <laughs> Sarah and I. Yours, oh, thank you. Slash thank you. Um, I noticed that you camp a lot. A lot. a lot. Like, you're really, really into camping. And one of the, yes. I think, one of our main differences is I am so not. <laughs> I am not, yes. not, like, there's sort of, like, I, and I always, like, tell people, like, you know what? The next time you go camping, really uh-huh. check in with yourself. Like, are you comfortable ah! sleeping on the ground? Because that fucking sucks. Would you rather, like, be in a bad or a luxurious hotel? Yeah. Right? Doesn't it kind of like mm-hmm. suck that you're like in a tent and it's really hot or it's really cold or it's like, are you going to get eaten by a bear? And you have to like
0: all of the walk above. and
1: hike and you're just sweating the whole yes. time. When in like you yes. could just be like sitting on your couch, watching TV, yes. being really comfy. Yes. So do, when <laughs> you so do you actually enjoy it? Because it looks like oh, from all gosh. your photos you do, but like I you do,
0: it's insane. It's insane. I don't know. You know, uh, this is what I've learned over the years, mm-hmm. though. You do have to spend the money on the good gear. Okay, It's worth yeah. it. I. It was a game changer when I got a super good sleeping bag mm. that has, like, cushiony, like, it's, like, designed to, mm. I don't know, keep you warm and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's good to negative or like zero degrees. Mm -hmm. It comes with a sleeping pad and we're like rooftop camping. So there's a cushiony Tempur-Pedic mattress on a queen size bed inside. So imagine waking up on a Tempur-Pedic queen size foam topper in your nice cushiony like down sleeping bag cozy cozy and you look out and like you do wake up sometimes to some annoying birds chirping oh, so and you're like oh you guys you wake the whole entire camp up and then you just look out over the lake mm-hmm. and that the sunrise mm-hmm. and it's just all still it's like glass on the water and that to me is like it feels like what we're supposed to be doing is people in a weird no. way just like no. yeah
1: look at ah, look. you hate you go – I'll go on a hike. Like I'm going to go on a hike with somebody fine. And then I'm going to like go into nature. I'm going to see all like the beautiful views. I can look at the views for like five-minute tops and I'm out. Like right. I'm done. Right. I've seen it. Is, yeah. We're going home. You know, like we don't have to spend a whole fucking weekend, right?
0: I, it's annoying that I like doing really like things that, that... – I do recognize other people see as chores. (laughs) Like, building a fire to me, nothing more fun. Setting up the campsite, love (sighs) it. Pitching a tent, the best. Like, uh, other people... I want to, like, hunt for kindling. I don't know what is wrong. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this goes... I I am evolved in some ways in very caveman like (laughs) in others, apparently, because I just want to live outdoors. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe it's like the... Like, I really like being disconnected from the phone. Mm. I really like being like in a weird way, like off. But the then,
1: how do you know what's going on? What's important? You're right. I Your don't, and then, then I panic,
0: you. and that's definitely happened before. I come back, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Something's on fire? Like the half the states on fire? Like I have no idea what's going on, or you know, yeah. who knows?" But I. It almost feels like I need it to. I read something recently that said people with ADHD benefit from being mm. in green spaces mm-hmm. and spending time outdoors, mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know what it is about mm-hmm. that, but I feel very grounded and centered when, like, I'm in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, everything annoyingly that's, like, good for you, you I'm, like, oh, you're, like resistant, reluctant to do. <laughs> Like, oh, I oh. like I don't want to do that like I don't want to go work every single time my boyfriend's like let's go do this Peloton class let's go do this blah, walk around like I'm like oh, no I want to stay in bed even when I'm camping I do not want to get out of the tent in the morning I'm like no it's too cold and then as soon as I get out of the tent I'm like oh this is lovely huh. and then as soon, I just have to like start doing eat. whatever it is that I'm doing but baseline camping uncomfortable mm. you are correct not Mm-mm. fun
1: yeah I only want to take trips like I feel my most grounded and centered when i'm on trips that maybe like the kardashians would go on like i want luxury is what i'm searching for but you know you're starting to convince me that like you can actually make like camping a little more comfortable than i know but it also seems like it's really important for you to be with a partner that also enjoys camping is that like a deal breaker if they're just like
0: it was i when i was married before i he was very similar to you and said that his idea was roughing it was a hotel a, a hotel without room service so <laughs> he was like it. all about like the finer things which i love like there's that side of me too i like lo- can who doesn't exactly. enjoy like some five-star mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. like love it uh and so we always went on his trips and that was fine then when i graduated uh my master's program mm-hmm. my like big like graduation like after graduation thing we we're gonna do is a trip that I wanted to do. So the we settled on, I wanted to go backpacking, and we set. and he was never going to do that. Yeah, right. So we settled on Airstream Trailer mm. to the national parks in the Cute. west. Mm-hmm. So yeah. fun. I mapped them all out. I was so excited, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we got on the road, and when we got to our very first campsite, I was like, bad news this is not gonna go well (laughs) like uh he was somebody who was very used to being the one to kind of like make the plans and handle the stuff Mm -hmm. and i think that was a big part of his identity and the things that he liked Mm -hmm. to do and this was kind of my wheelhouse and this was Mm. my you know playground and my my i don't know area of expertise in a weird way and so you know, I would, I would offer help and he wasn't, he did not want to accept in that way. And I, he just was uncomfortable doing the things that I really wanted to do. And, you know, I remember a moment where we were walking in, um, the Sierra Nevadas and there was this beautiful open field and I just paused and I was like, let's listen for five sounds. And he was like, okay, let's go. (laughs) And like didn't even and I'm like, wait, no we're supposed to like listen to nature right now, like this is the whole point, like right. we walk here to do this, and you know it was kind of like we were it felt like we were like race hiking, like mm-hmm. you know who's more in it for like the athletics to like to check the box and i'm just like, oh and it didn't it it was not a comfortable trip for either of us. We recognized that uh we just have different mm-hmm. likes and dislikes and different ideas of how we want to spend our life and like what things are important to us and so on that trip i and now i said to him i would like a oh, divorce wow!
1: look at you
0: yes wow. and it was when we were in zion i went on this hike we were on this hike and i was just sad the whole time mm. and i was like crying like feeling mm-hmm. like this is not this is like where i'm supposed to be happiest mm-hmm. with this is my happy place and i want the other person i'm with to also experience this happy place mm-hmm. like that and i just he asked if we could cut the trip short Ugh. And I said, no way. He was like, I'm ready to go home. And I was like, no way. We haven't even gone to see the good stuff mm-hmm. yet. So he asked me if I could drop him off at the airport wow. in Las Vegas. And so at the In-N-Out Burger outside of the Las Vegas airport, I said to him, you know, I really love you. And I want the best for you in life. But I think the life that you want and the life I want are just two different lives. And I want a divorce. Wow. And it wasn't sad. It was. It was very like... Uh, He was understanding I think it's what he wanted as well Mm -hmm. obviously I mean he's married now and happy Mm -hmm. and like living his best Mm -hmm. life It's great somebody who loves all those kind of things and I'm with somebody who loves camping and loves doing all those things So, you know the part that sucked is then I was just like well, I'm not Stopping this trip and so he he flew home and I had a 22-foot airstream trailer and two dogs And I just was like, okay, I guess I'm on this road trip by myself So I went to the Grand Canyon by myself with the trailer (laughs) Like, set it all up, did the thing, went for a hike, and then uh, came home and filed for a divorce. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I do need to be with a partner to answer your question (laughs) very long-windedly. To answer your question of, do I need to be with somebody? Ah, yeah, real bad.
1: Real real bad. Yeah, that trip really, like, showcased your differences. And you went ahead and, like, verbalized it. And, and it's I, I mean, at least he was sort of like, he, like was aware of it as well and understood that this was like really kind of like shining a light on things that like maybe like could not be compromised on yeah Yeah.
0: i've heard that people usually by the time that they announce that they're getting divorced like they've been contemplating it for about a year Mm -hmm. and then by the time couples usually seek therapy it's about four years Mm -hmm. after when things really started (laughs) those were kind of like the numbers that i had heard like being thrown around I mean that fucking feels
1: true there's like so many couples that come in are just sort of like okay last chance right like
0: yeah like
1: one foot out the door or somebody really is out the door and the other person is just like trying to like grab on to like whatever's left and it's so difficult for the therapist to like bring them back in and get them connected again so
0: I even like that question of where are you if your relationship is a room where are you in relation to the door or like Mm -hmm. a house like Mm -hmm. And as you could, like, do you have one foot out the door? Are you like, you know, already out the door? Do you have like the hand, your hand on the doorknob? Some people are just sitting on the couch, like staring at the (laughs) partner, walking out the door, going like, where are you going, kind of thing. So yeah, kind of getting engaged like that. It is hard and it's hard to communicate those things when there's a difference. Oh
1: my God, yeah. I think the hardest part for me is just sort of like, what does my life look like after the relationship is over? It's just sort of, there's just so much uncertainty there and it might be even better or horrible or the same or different in some way. And I just, I just don't know what it's going to look like. And so there's a part of me that's just like, well, I'm just going to hang out here. Even if I'm not super happy, at least I know what's going on. You know what I mean?
0: One of my favorite expressions, Virginia Satir said this. She said, the certainty of misery Mm -hmm. is more comfortable than the misery Mm -hmm. of uncertainty. Mm -hmm oh and it's like we do that we're like no i'm good i'll just not change yeah. i'll just stay right here because like i know that i can handle this you know it's like taking the same exact path mm-hmm. we've been taking and walking going on the same old hike <laughs> we've been going on we know that trail even if it's dark and scary but when somebody's like hey try this new trail that you've never ever tried before and who right. knows and like you should do that exactly. one it's like
1: yeah, no. the problem, Way too scared. Yeah, there, there is a lot of comfort and certainty, but then there's no growth. You're not growing anymore, no. right? And neither is your partner. Like no. you both know this, but you're kind of avoiding the fact that there's no growth. And that's always like one of the things I ask myself and I ask my clients when they're like thinking about ending the relationship or they're not quite sure, is there more growth? Are you still growing? Are there more growth opportunities? Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's sort of like hard to logic that out, but you can feel it in your gut, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do you think you know?
1: <laughs> okay, just real quick, I'm gonna acknowledge like this. This one's my fault. We had a plan to talk about a certain topic, and it seems like we're going this is off. Great, okay, though. are we gonna go down this path? Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> these are so. You know, I feel like like the these are we'll all, always come back or right? Like these are important things that
1: you know yeah.
0: are. I think. Yeah. No. Relevant. These
1: are these are very important things. It's funny because like. Relatable. Uh, yeah, very relatable. I talk to a lot of clients who are contemplating breaking up or getting a divorce. Yes. They're, like, really Same. thinking about it. Um, I, st- I also see clients that are, like, shell-shocked and got, they got broken up with or dumped and they had no idea. But I feel like more of the people oh. that I talk about are the ones that are really thinking about it. And you're right. Like, especially in, like, a long-term relationship, you think about it for a long time, sometimes years. Yeah go by you we are contemplating it and you play this little game of like will I won't I like maybe I like there's this that question of like am I settling or yeah do I just need to like right. accept their flaws and imperfections you're not always going to get what you want oh. in relationship so like you have to kind of like deal with it to a certain extent
0: deciding what to accept mm-hmm. and what is a deal breaker is so challenging
1: Yeah, it's really challenging Um, And there's, it's also like, so a lot of times if somebody is like coming to me and asking me, like, am I settling for this person? The the first thing is just like, well, so, okay, it's a red flag that you're asking that question, right? Right, Like if you're asking that question that you probably are to a certain degree.
0: What makes you think that you need to – what makes you even ask that question? Usually you know, and now you're looking in a way for like some external validation to kind of – Yeah.
1: You want me to decide for you. You want me to let you know that you should be the one breaking up. Yeah. So –
0: Sorry, guys. That's not our (laughs) job. You have to decide for yourself. We'll help you get to the answer You know, and help you kind of like navigate your way there. Mm -hmm. But ultimately –
1: ultimately it's everybody's got
0: to decide it's, it's
1: on you and you don't want to make the decision and I get it and you're coming to like a professional therapist that you think <laughs> yeah. can make the decision for you but like Sarah's saying yeah. that is not our job we're not supposed to tell you what to do and we're not supposed to give you advice yeah. for lots of reasons but like we might be giving you the yeah. wrong advice you're the one right. that probably knows yes. and so we have to try to get you to like Be really in touch with what you want and then try to figure out how to kind of like get you to like move through the fear. And a lot of times we don't want to break up because you just don't want to feel the pain. And so you're –
0: And it's that rewriting of the future too. Yeah. You know, I almost think of it as it's like as we go through a relationship – We have this whiteboard, like this big, huge whiteboard. We, like, start in one little corner of it. And as we imagine the future with the person, you, like, make little drawings on it. You know, you draw the wedding day and you draw, like, Mm. your children. Mm -hmm. and You draw, like, this is how it's going to be in the future. And anybody who's spent a lot of time on, like, working on anything on a whiteboard knows that, like, it doesn't take much for, like, don't brush up against it. Like, like it looks good. I have it how I like. You can erase it and redo it. So whatever up there is, like, what you mm-hmm. want. And then when you break up with somebody, it's like you have to take the eraser and erase the whole thing. And it feels like, like, ah, oh, what do you mean? I got to start. It's painful to have to start. All. It feels like starting all over. That is the part that is so oh so difficult for Mm -hmm. me to get through so difficult for my clients to get over like that what is it going to be like Mm -hmm. and you know one of the tools that i use that is super helpful i have these cards that were given to me by a friend of mine in grad school uh and they are called wants and needs Mm -hmm. cards so they're a list of just like things in relationships like commitment and monogamy and respect Mm -hmm. and um, financial stability whatever it is like hundred a uh, hundred or right. plus of them and I have clients make three piles They're, the things they want the things that they need absolutely need and then the stuff that they don't really mm-hmm. care about and then you can kind of like look uh, am I getting these things in the relationship are these things even things that this this partner can even give mm-hmm. You know, I had to accept that the things that I wanted in my marriage were shared extracurricular activities. Somebody who can let me build a fire and, like, let me share those kind of, like, responsibilities and things like that. I don't have that specific of wants and needs <laughs> cards. There's no little card that said build, share building fire activity. But it probably is something like e- equality right, right, right. or something Got like that. that, you know. And I had to recognize that the person that I'm with – does not have the ability, like within their, I like who they mm-hmm. are, to provide these things. And that doesn't mean that they're not a good person. You know, my mom would tell me, uh, some of us are sunflowers and some of us are daffodils, and they grow in different fields. If you put a sunflower next to a daffodil, one of them's going to die. Like they don't survive and they don't need the same things to grow. Doesn't mean you like look at a daffodil and you're like, oh, that's ugly because you're not a sunflower. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a different kind of flower that needs different kind of things. And I don't know. Do they even need – maybe they need the same kind I don't know. I, maybe I should pick two way, more – a succulent, like a cactus, and a there rope. No, they kind of
1: need the same thing too. <laughs>
0: cactus and like a fern. We'll call okay. it that. I need to get like more like unique cards We get flowers, it. We get what you're saying. I think about man. it like yeah, that. You get, you, get it. It. you get it. You
1: no, get I, it. No, I have those cards yeah. too in my, oh, in my drawer, and They're I pull great. those out with my clients all the time. There's something about like that physical, visual representation yes. where you can like move cards oh. around. The tricky part is that mm-hmm. – so, when I was married, I was like playing that card game on my own, being like, what is this relationship? What is Kate able to provide for me that I need, want, don't care about? And it was and it was tough because it sort of was like oh this is all just like fifty fifty like there's a part of me that's just like fifty oh. percent wants to stay fifty percent wants to leave and I sort of had to get to the place where like I guess fifty one percent of me wants to leave and so that's what I'm but that means that forty nine percent of me is going to be regretting it scared uncertain this is the worst thing yeah. that I could ever do um, so those visual cards like really do get you clear, but still it can get to a place where it's just like, I don't know, everything's even. And who am I to really like ask for all of my needs to be, to be met. So there's like, there's also that, like, what do I deserve and what should I put up with? Or it's really, and, and also like when I first got together with Kate when I was 30 and then we like finally ended things when I was, I don't know, 39 or so, um oh my
0: gosh, you look like a child. <laughs> you're like you look like you're twelve years old. You're very lucky. You're basically Benjamin Button. <laughs> Sarah,
1: I love you. You are correct. <laughs> Thank you very much for I feel seen and understood by you.
0: Yes.
1: Um when I was thirty I had different needs and wants and values. You're
0: totally one hundred percent correct. Right? That is so hard. Mm-hmm.
1: So we were like a really good match when we first got together. And then almost 10 years later, I had moved into a different direction, which is, you know, while I'm saying this, I'm noticing that this is maybe a pattern of mine because we were talking before we started recording. We're like, I start out as a certain way and then I grow in some crazy direction.
0: Let me tell you, if I know something about doing a podcast is that it will turn into your own (laughs) therapy session. You'll be like, wait a sec. I'm not. And if you don't notice it. All of our lovely (laughs) listeners out there will notice it for you. So we love the feedback and we will take it. And if you guys notice patterns and things, we want to hear it. It is so interesting to Mm -hmm. me. Yes. So look at that. So
1: ideally you sort of like grow together or parallel where like you're getting like interested in the same stuff or you at least like complement each other. I don't know, or or there's, like, at the very, very least, even if you're growing in different directions, you're still, like, incredibly supportive of the direction your sweetie is growing in. you're just, like, I don't fucking know anything about uh, camping, but, like, I love it for you, and you're so amazing, and I'm going to, like, try to get out of my comfort zone and, like, do this with you and, like, vicariously enjoy it through you or just, like, support you going with friends camp, like, whatever it is.
0: yeah, yeah. That's it, like, because there are many ways to do it. You can support, it and it has to be like what you want. Oh man, it's so hard. Things like things like this are extra difficult. I mean, for many reasons, but I think when you have to actually go through the event mm-hmm. or do whatever it is in order to learn mm-hmm. or make a decision or have an understanding, ugh, it makes it so difficult because it's like. You gotta, you gotta go through the exactly. stuff. You gotta, like, you got. There's, there's no other way to, to do it. You know, I think that that expression is a smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. So it's like you gotta, like, go through the storm in order to get like good at and figure all this stuff out and even recognize. Like, I, I was married for five years, and because we were going on all of his vacations, I never, ha- I never took him camping. Mm-hmm. I never had the opportunity to see. So there's a part of me that is. I mean, I don't want to say to blame because this is nobody's to blame in this really. But I think that my – maybe I talked about this last episode. I tend to be too accommodating. Mm -hmm. I tend to be – to understanding of whatever their right, wants and needs that. are, and I am so good at filling other people's wants and needs, but this has been the relationship I've been now is the first one where i've really been like also here are my wants and needs and luckily they overlap, <laughs> and you know there's uh, some yeah it's fine and he knows how to meet them but uh i I was just going along with the program because his I mean, it might be kind of like you said, like 50%, mm-hmm. 49% of me was like, yeah, I can, I can do mm-hmm. this. But 51% of me was like, you'd also like to be camping, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then or go on a hike right. or, you know, have somebody have a picnic with you in the middle of a mm-hmm. field and listen to five sounds in nature. <laughs> and we do that. And I tested him and my new guy. And he totally was like, oh, yeah, what do you uh, hear? I love and he's that. even deaf out of one <laughs> ear. So I'm getting extra. like, Like, he really... Put in the work.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All good true. For you.
0: Yeah. 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 Thanks.
1: It's yeah. Terrible. I mean, it's it's relationships are hard. Relationship, and and this is sort of like you sort of get to the point sometimes you're like, okay, like the cliche is true. Relationships are hard work. But how hard should it be? There, because there Correct. should also be a, a good amount of ease, um, and yes. connectivity. Oh,
0: that's such a hard thing to know. Mm-hmm. I think that's extra hard to know if you grew up with no model of that or if growing up was Mm -hmm. chaotic or difficult as well because that will start to – that feels more familiar. Mm -hmm. That's like that same path or the – Comfort of that familiar misery. exactly,
1: and that's what like it. it oh. comes down like that. A lot of it comes down to that of like how you were raised and how were your how did your parents love you is like my favorite first question to ask a client. Oh,
0: what a good question! How did they
1: love you? How did they show ah! love? I'm like taking notes. Yeah, write over this here. down. <laughs> how
0: did your parents love was
1: them? love scarce? Was love plentiful? <sighs> did they love you? Love you up to a certain point, and then there was a trauma, or there was another sibling that came, or you entered into poverty or there was divorce or what was this like, did they have like mental health issues? There's so many things that like disrupt, um, love. Oh, this is connected, but I was reading, I'll try to remember the name of the book. Um, but there's, there's like this interesting study that's been done and done and done. So it's like this evidence-based study where they're like looking at what's the most important, time of a child's life when it comes to like Ooh. raising a securely attached yes. emotionally resourced stable sort of like emotionally intelligent person and the most important part the most important time is the first 2 months of your life
0: yes there you go when yeah. you're just this is great cuz we were just talking about this on the oh, brain really? candy podcast mm-hmm. yes on like attachment yes. stuff and that documentary that's on Netflix right now. I killed my father. Oh, I, or I think I killed yet. my father. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like mm-hmm. that has there's some attachment stuff in there. So we were kind of exploring that. And it's it is so wonderful <laughs> to hear that this is exactly this. This yeah. seconds uh, validates everything we were saying. There's on there. these studies
1: of like comparing yeah. these like little babies who had like a really good secure Two months of, like, love and being fed and feeling safe and secure. But then they had, like, 12 years of trauma and chaos. They were still okay because they had that – those two months. That
0: that (laughs) initial lesson that people – are, that you could trust mm-hmm. those who are supposed to take care, for, care yeah. of you.
1: And even when you're when you're like 1 month old, like everything's a fucking blur. Like you can't even see. Yes. You don't know what's going <gasps> oh my on. God, that's so you true. still think that maybe you're like a part of your mother. Like you just yeah. like need to feel energetically safe and secure. And that is so yeah. so important. So there's So it's, so it's hard to like, I might try to ask my clients like, what were your first two months like, but they have no fucking idea. And then if you ask their parents, like their parents are like, it was great. Or I have no idea either. Like there's,
0: oh my God, my mother was cuckoo crazy. No, she was wonderful and loving. (laughs) She no joke. And she says this did not put me down. For the first three months, really,
1: and why was that? she
0: showered with me? She was so just she was like I, I think she was too scared, like something would happen, or like I don't know if it was that, or if she was like I just got to be with this baby. I love this thing so much. I got to be with it all the time, and so she like you know I feel like this is this is something that was almost like done way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, if I this feels like very like like. I don't know, primitive. Uh-huh. Like I would hang on to my mother if I were like a little monkey baby. Yeah. Like you know, back in the day of like.
1: And I, think, and I think that's kind of how to do it. Like just sort of like
0: right. You're just like I was just right there all the right time. Right there all the
1: time. Um, I was yeah. yeah, I was born into. And look at me look now, at you. folks.
0: <laughs> totally securely attached. <laughs> No kidding. I felt I feel love and I know that I could trust people. But no. I mean
1: there's there's the, there's the hard. first two months and then there's also the rest of your life.
0: The rest of your life. Yeah,
1: where the you rest. can like yes. be influenced yes. to be different like depending on yeah. the relationships yeah. that you get into yes. and how your family yes. develops and all yeah. that stuff.
0: I'm just not a serial killer cuz <laughs> I got that love that I needed. No, <laughs> <Thank> I <I'm-> God. <sighs>
1: Um, Yeah, I was born into like this really like interesting situation where like I have an older sister. She's about three and a half years older than me. Uh, I was born in Miami. um, And my mom and dad were together at the time they like eventually later on divorced. But there was like... There was lots of chaos where there was like uh-huh. drug use and drug abuse and there was like
0: okay. Miami in the frickin' it was, like, what is
1: 80s. This? I was born in nineteen eighties. So like there was just like cocaine yes. all okay. over. Okay, that's place. what I was gonna guess. Like, everyone was okay. partying. <laughs> and I think yes. my parents were like having a good time. Like <laughs> like really yeah. having great parties, inviting I everybody s- over. But I sort of like got mm-hmm. left. I wasn't like as cared for or loved as I possibly could be because there was just like so much.
0: You were the second child.
1: I was the second child. Were,
0: they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, the first one survived. I'm sure the second one will be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: I did live. I did survive. I'm also not a serial yes. killer, but if I was, I wouldn't tell you or anybody that's listening to us.
0: That is smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> first rule, don't reveal that you're a serial killer when you're a serial killer. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. So there was... Yeah. So there was... in in my family, there was also just sort of like lots of like starts and stops of like, okay, that was crazy. And then we moved to Los Angeles when I was three because like all of the drug Whoa. use got like way out yeah. of control. And then... Three years later, when I was party scene. yeah party scene, and then three years later, when I was six years old, parents got divorced, but like my dad didn't want to get divorced; he was just like so in love with my mom. They were high school sweethearts, they were in the high school oh. play together, they were prom King and queen, like they were just like, Whoa! they grew up in Chicago, and they were like in this like very close knit intimate friend group, and then they like got married moved to Florida, moved to California, and then my mom was like, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. So he was shocked and oh, wow. so depressed. So now my dad is just like in shambles. And still, no, he was. Afterwards.
0: Oh, I thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Use present tense. I was like, what do you mean? We're no. there. I see. I'm with you. We're in yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah.
1: 35 years ago, whatever. He's like in shambles, yes. feeling horrible. And the only thing that like gets him out of bed when I'm six years old is, Is that, like, I got really into t-ball. And I was just like, I want to be a baseball player. And so he's like, I'm going to drive this kid to fucking t-ball practice. And he's like, well, I guess I'll be the coach of little Jeffrey's t-ball team. I was Jeffrey back then. Um, Before Therapy Jeff. Before Therapy Jeff, Jeff, I was was Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Um, And then I just became, like, obsessed with playing baseball. But, Sarah, I feel like a big part of, like, my obsession was, like, Oh, I know that my dad is like feeling alive.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And little kid, you saw mm-hmm. those like how it served a function. Maybe wasn't obviously was not aware of it. I
1: was not aware of it, Maybe but not. even when we weren't. Yeah.
0: But now, looking now looking back,
1: back, like I'm, I'm looking. I was wow. thinking about it just yesterday. Like even when we weren't on the field playing baseball, I had a little Nerf ball that I was like throwing back and forth with my dad while he was on the couch, just like.
0: You were totally keeping him I was going just and motivated. Keeping him going,
1: and that has like really yeah. affected my own romantic relationships and all the other relationships in my life. Oh. But where I'm just like,
0: oh my, I'm gosh. here for you, babe. Look at that, right?
1: And it's and it's also like yes. makes sense that I'm a therapist, right? Like I'm just like 100%. super hyper focused on my client, and I'm going to be there for you and do everything I can to try to like counsel you into a better place. And maybe it's like it's. Great. I used the skill professionally. That's fantastic. (laughs) But now I shouldn't be, like, using this in all of my other relationships.
0: This, it's sometimes our coping, not sometimes, often our coping strategies and our survival strategies become these superpowers that can help us be really good at whatever it is that we are interested in or our jobs, things like Mm -hmm. that. But... In the same way, Batman can't be Batman all the time. <laughs> He's got to like you. Got to like take it off. Right. Like there are some side effects or some you know like mm, effects, whatever of yeah. of having these kind of superpowers that you have to kind of learn how to uh, hone and when mm-hmm. to use them and when to kind yeah. of.
1: And it's hard to figure out like when you're using them in a positive way and when you're like using them in a oh, negative gosh. way and when you're being taken advantage yeah. of and when you're deliberately using them to like help people um so that's just like it's this thing that's like a very specific example that happened with my dad that has had like a major impact on my life that will probably like never fully go away right like there's always going to be a part of me that's going to default onto being like i'm going to be here for you and my needs don't matter and i'm going to like pay all the attention to you because if i didn't do that with my dad he literally wouldn't get out of bed he wouldn't go to work he wouldn't be able to pay his bills he wouldn't feed himself yeah. it was this
0: you are like the cheerleader motivator right.
1: yeah and he didn't yeah. I mean obviously like he didn't mean to do that but he was just in like such a Of course, dark place. it's a
0: pattern that you like you know and if that's like in the same way like there have been times when you know especially when I was married where I felt very depressed and I think about how it was like my dog mm. that if it were like if it were my dog being like you need to get out of bed and everything I would have just <laughs> stayed in bed all day yeah. my dog's like no we got stuff to do let's yeah. go and so you know, whatever it takes. If that, it's difficult when, you know, I, I don't think my dog internalized it and is going, having issues in her adulthood because of it. But I mean, she is very codependent, so maybe I mean, dogs but, typically
1: are. So we'll let that pass, yes. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's it. you remember, it's like they were developed these kind of of ways to help, or these superpowers are developed out of coping strategies and like survival strategies so mm-hmm. you know i know for me i have to keep reminding myself that i'm safe mm-hmm. and that this is a safe relationship and that i don't have it's not a it's not one where there is as much a risk okay. or whatever it may mm-hmm. be that like you're okay you're safe this is not that mm-hmm. and if i can remind myself that i'm safe then i tend to not go to my yeah. you know Survival strategies, yeah. coping strategies, as well, yeah. or as as often. right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You're not like as triggered or activated or something. Totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. and
0: I have to tell myself that all the time. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine. I feel my heartbeat a little bit faster. I'm like, oh no, something bad is that <laughs> No, everything is fine. You're okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you're thinking and behaving from that like more grounded wise mind or whatever, that like centered place yes. your frontal lobe, whatever. Then you can like be a lot more practical and logical about what you're doing instead of like that activated, childlike triggered yes. defense mechanism place. Yes. Um
0: and I cannot get there unless I'm calm. So. Yeah,
1: exactly so that 's why you know like that 's one of the reasons why it's difficult for me to like end a relationship is because like i 'm so hyper focused on like how they 're going to take uh-huh. it and if they 're going to be sad or upset, and I do that thing that 's sort of borderline narcissist adjacent where i 'm just like i don 't know if you could survive without me like that 's how important I am uh-huh. like, i didn 't know if my because
0: well, your identity is wrapped yes. up into being a exactly. helper and into being the one so if you if you say okay you have to help yourself and it's almost like Mm -hmm. did i fail did i not do my job Mm -hmm. like there's a little part i'm sure totally
1: yeah um i felt like my dad wouldn't survive without me i'm gonna think that like any partner that i'm with that like i break up with isn't gonna survive without me it's this total Mm mind fuck so you have to like i just like you like i have to like know that i'm getting triggered i have to know what my signs are i have to like try to be like really deliberate about what I want, and know that, like, if I do break up with somebody, I'm going to be really worried that they're not going to do well, and I can't take that seriously, or I need to talk to my friends who know that, like, I'm getting, I'm ruminating and obsessing about it, and it's not a real thing.
0: Yeah, and that's, it's so interesting, like, what does the evidence show? Mm. Have they done well, or what, how's it gone?
1: The thing is, is that, like, one of the things that I remind myself of is that, like, before I meet my partner, they're a fully functioning person that is totally and fine in the world. And afterwards, they probably will be a fully functioning person as well. But one of the things I do is that, like, there's a part of me subconsciously that seeks out people that are, like, quote, unquote, like, broken or going through, like, a hard time. And then I sort of like swoop in as like the therapist, you know, she's like, I'll save you yeah. sort of thing.
0: This is why I always rescued puppies at the <laughs> shelter that were like, that died on me in the next few months. Cause I had like a, a honing beacon for like the sick, helpless yeah. ones. My mom's like, you got to stop doing that. And then I became a therapist. instead. So. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> yes, that
0: is totally like, and, and it's, it's. there i mean it it goes both ways, right, like you help them, and they right. help you in like that that kind of feeds that that need to do mm-hmm. that, and yeah, do you want to keep doing that? In no,
1: I do not want to keep doing that okay. and the and the thing yeah. is is like
0: it's so hard to do that because it feels good, right it feels uh, like this helpful it thing It feels
1: good i mean in the beginning it feels like that's what and sometimes you don't know that that's happening until you like. Are with them for long enough, but like, there's always something inside of me. It's just like, oh, my gut is just like, oh no, this is like a old pattern that I'm. Yeah. And then I yeah. sort of like do this thing where I'm like, well, Ooh. maybe this will be like a healing relationship, I c- or I can create boundaries, or I can like make this different. But a lot of times, yeah. it's very difficult to do that if it's already set up yeah. in this sort of like unbalanced way, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oy, it's real hard. <laughs> I feel like – I was just talking with my boyfriend this week about we were saying like this is – we're both very different, like the opposite of how we've always Mm -hmm. been in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And it feels very – you know, I know last week we talked about like saying the L word and I told you I was Um, like I'm not going to do it. And I I have decided like I'm just – I don't care if it takes two (laughs) years. What ifs? I am not – I've never – I realized I've never in my whole life heard it from somebody so i've yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so i've got to just like sit back relax and wait for it let it it all unfold but you know it it feels different to do things in Mm -hmm. obviously a different way this time kind of scary but it i do find that i'm like it did kind of start with dating Mm -hmm. where i was dating somebody and i was like "Mm, i could keep dating them but i really don't want to, and or I see that like the red flags. I'm like, I'm just gonna break. I'm just gonna say how I feel, and it, I was like, wow, that was easy. Mm. And then it started becoming like I, I felt more motivated and more. So I it, you know in other relationships, other times I'm dating. Like usually I would always go on like a first date with a guy and then end up dating him for three months. And I'm like, damn it, how did this happen? Here we here we are again because I I don't listen to my own needs. So I'm I I say this to really encourage people to take that first step, like to just say the hard Mm -hmm. thing. And the first time it is going to be so hard in the same way that the first time jumping out of an airplane, if you're going skydiving is so Mm -hmm. hard, but like the 10th time you're like, this is fun. And I think I got this. And so you're going to, it gets easier. And the thing that you got to go through the experience, like we were saying before, Mm -hmm. in order to get, the tools and to to kind of see that but yeah. you know I, I all these things that i was so scared of saying or doing because of what i felt like it would risk or or put me at risk for in my relationship oh no if i if i verbalize the things that i need he, he's going to break mm. up with me and what i realized is not verbalizing <laughs> the things that i need tends to lead to him breaking up with me and verbalizing the things that i need Led to somebody stepping up and giving me those things, and if they don't, then that gives you a lot of information. And you know, they can't meet your needs. There we go. Exactly. Sayonara. there's a door. Yes. Like not that easy, but you know. And uh, so yeah, so like it, it's once you just do it, mm-hmm. but it's the it's the just it, taking that first. step. It's the step. doing it. It's that that it does change. Yeah, everything.
1: the first step is always a doozy, but it 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 sets Ugh. a tone. Like, now you have, like, you're not avoiding conflict. You're being really direct. You're going to, like, talk about what you want and need. And now it, you feel, like, even more safe in this relationship. And, like, you're saying, like, if you ask for all your needs to be met or show your authentic self, then, you, like, you're showcasing who you really are. And it allows them to leave you. Like, it allows the relationship yes. to end if it's yes. not a fucking relationship for you.
0: Right. And that sounds like a scary bad thing, but it's a great mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It allows the relationship to end, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. If you... And yeah. if it's... And if, it, <laughs> if you don't like the food at the restaurant, stop eating there!
1: <laughs> exactly. And it also allows the relationship to, like, flourish, like in your case, if lots of those needs are met and you can go camping and still find a way to be comfortable in that stupid fucking tent. Yes. With those birds chirping so goddamn loud. But I love that for so you. So
0: goddamn I love loud. love that for you. So goddamn loud. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, like... Yeah, I, you know, I, I think also now that we talk about it, what, what it is hard. I've always joked that the only, the only people who have ever been man enough to date me were lesbians (laughs) because like, it is very difficult to like, for me to not emasculate the men I'm Mm -hmm. with because I tend, you know, I grew up with brothers. I grew up camping. I grew up doing all these outdoor things. And if I am with a guy who. Mm, whose ideas of masculinity are rooted in societal constructs Mm -hmm. that say like i'm only a man if i could build a fire or whatever Mm -hmm. then sometimes they can have a really difficult time being with a person like Mm -hmm. me and so i have a partner now who loves sharing that spotlight who doesn't mind who's very secure in like who he is and also allows me to paint his nails (laughs) which i love doing um and or asked me to paint his nails which i love and uh and he, uh, I feel like camping mm. in a way, like, it's not like I'm trying to test mm-hmm. them because I'm not, but if I were to be testing somebody, <laughs> camping would be a great place to do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when I see somebody who's able it, camping kind of gives you an opportunity to sometimes find creative solutions to problems because I it, there's going to be an issue right. there there's never but that is one of those things like that there's always a thing mm-hmm. that you're gonna have to like you know we were like taking a road or camping at a place that you could only get to with an off-road vehicle and we got like there's a part of the road that we almost got stuck at and he had to like build a bridge like with his car and like go over like build a ramp out of rocks and, like go over it and everything but watching him do mm. that and watching how his mind worked mm. and put the pieces together i was like oh damn this is so sexy <laughs> like uh, i couldn't believe it and our fire it started raining and we had some wood out and the wood got wet and we needed to build a fire so we found a rock that was pointed used the rock the to hell? hit it the, hit the wood with another piece of rock split it open and then cut off little pieces of the dry wood from inside to make kindling i was like who oh! Is this man? And that to me, I was like, okay, so maybe that's it. Is that I camping gives it gives me an opportunity to kind of see a side of the men that I'm mm-hmm. with, or women in the mm-hmm. past that I am very attracted to, and that I think is. A big part of it now that I'm trying to think yeah. back of, like, when you were saying, like, you know, think about what you really enjoy. Yep, that. <laughs> that is great. And yeah. he like, handles it. And- I
1: love that for you. I mean, it's not a test, yeah. but it is a test.
0: <laughs> I, I love that for you. I love that. <laughs> not for me. No. But for you, that for is great.
1: For me, like, yes. my test is, like, going to – Oh, yeah four seasons in maui and being like this pillow isn't comfy enough or this my tie isn't strong enough yes. or this this uh, room service isn't coming fast enough how do you handle that stress how do you stand up for me and That's advocate stress. for me
0: <laughs> you want to be like as a therapist who's non-judgmental in all situations like let's go to a boozy place and be judgy it's actually super fun and one of my favorite things to do ever in the yes, whole world yes, yes. Yep. yeah yeah, oh, that is funny. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, a learning uh-huh. process. Yeah, yeah. And different, different strokes.
1: strokes, exactly. It's different different
0: strokes. stroke. Thank goodness. And I'm glad that not everybody feels this way about camping, or else the camping sites would be packed. And it's already hard enough to get a spot by the lake. That's so right. you stay in your hotels, and I'll stay in my camp campsite. Yeah, cool.
1: it'll yeah, be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad we worked <laughs> that out.
0: Yes. Ah. Okay. Uh, well, man, I feel like we touched on a lot of relationship stuff yeah. that was none of the things that okay. we wanted to talk about today, as per usual, I think we will yeah. find. But, you know, like, do you find when you're working with clients that certain subjects tend to, to, I don't know, it feels like things go in waves mm. where a lot of times people will have very similar, like there's like a... a I don't know, theme of the week almost, mm-hmm. like every two weeks or mm-hmm. so. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, everybody's talking about low self-worth this week. Everybody's talking about, you totally. know.
1: Yeah, there's some sort of like weird right. energetic thing in the air that makes a lot of people talk about like the same shit.
0: And I'm telling you, I talk to other therapists and they see the yeah, same thing too. And we're always like, what? Mm-hmm is that i don't know it's probably related to the moon or something oh yeah like the that,
1: stars are i have yeah, no I
0: evidence-based <laughs> th- theories or evidence-based uh, studies That's to okay. prove any of that yes well anything else we want to chat about the this week before we wrap up episode two hmm. we talked a lot about you know i one of the things that we do on the other podcast that i yes. have the brain candy podcast where we talk about fun laughing and learning <laughs> stuff um is we do a wind down. We do like a little cool down okay. where we kind of like talk about what we learned, you know, wrap things up, you know, cause sometimes we found it feels, it feels like, um, uh, And maybe this is me. I'm I'm like, as my as a a client, when I'm in the room and I'm with a therapist, I hate the last five minutes. I'm like, ah, ah, ah." I I get panicky, and I like want to wrap up my own session in like a pretty little bow. So you know, I feel the same that some listeners like could feel like they don't want us to just like press the stop button. So we gotta like put a little pretty little bow. Talk about what we've learned. Maybe some things that will change everything for you. (laughs) That's right. I know one of the things that uh, I was excited to hear is that you used the same wants and needs cards that i do <laughs> so shout out to wants and needs cards for uh being in every therapist toolbox and a great tool for you guys yeah to need, and you use can just you, you can just want some information about google wants
1: and needs cards like you can like yes. find pdfs of it print it out put it on your desktop yes. whatever like this is it's yeah go ahead and like Go Google those wants and needs cards, put them into three piles like Sarah was talking about, and then the the pile that has like all your like really big needs. I want you to try to like narrow that down even more to like see yes. what your super needs are or something like what's even the most important so those wants and needs mm. cards are really important. One of the things that we that I talked about today is just sort of like my relationship I got. I remembered what my relationship was with my dad growing up. And I I had forgotten about that for a while until you and I just talked about it. And I was like, okay, this changes everything when it comes to, like, where I am in my relationship now and what my, like, closest relationships look like in uh, in my friend circle. So the sort of, like, that really simple question of, like, how did your parents love you Mm -hmm. and how did you love them and what was the – did you feel like you were parentified? Did you feel like you took care of mm. them? Was love scarce? Oh. Did it stop and oh, start? I cannot
0: wait to unpack parentified child children <laughs> in a future episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did your parents love you? Great.
1: Yeah. Um, I love it, and even you don't even need like a therapist to talk to. You can just like journal about it or talk to your right? friends about it or something.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I think that it's exactly what you kind of experienced here is that when we, you know, we, we hold on to these memories and only really review them at the age in which we are when we're accessing that memory. Mm -hmm. So like, and then it gets kind of stored uh, as we understand it at that age. So if the last time you kind of looked at that memory or thought about that, you were, I don't know, 25 Then you have a way different – you have way more wisdom, Mm -hmm. way more understanding, way more perspective now Mm -hmm. and kind of going in. And it's almost like – have you ever watched a movie from your childhood or teen years that was like a banger Mm -hmm. and then you watch it now and you're like, oh, this did not – you know what did it for me? People are going to hate that I say this. You, go ahead, write me. I don't care. Love actually doesn't hold up. It was cringey. So cringy. I was like, that seems like not good behavior and not healthy. And uh, I was like, this doesn't hold up. But, you know, so it feels like that. It's like when you go back and, and re-access a memory from the past or think about something, mm-hmm. we're viewing it in the age that you are now with the awareness that you have now. And sometimes that lends new insight, <sighs> you know. And it's not unless we are are intentional about accessing that, like, you know, I think about love actually, but until I watch the movie, I don't recognize that it is so different. Yeah, uh,
1: Sarah, there, there was. I was just thinking about that movie sort of thing. Where, so I watched this when I was younger. I still, I was just, it was uncomfortable when I was younger when I watched it. But I was like, oh, I think this is supposed to be really cool. Like, I, I should really like this. And so I was just like, I like it. Do you remember? Did you ever see that movie, Kids?
0: Oh my uh, gosh. Any movie that a lot of those, Chloe Savigny, yes, I think Chloe she was, was in it. it. Like, this, oh that my was, gosh, that that was a, a and those were, kids those were kids in that, that movie, was
1: a journey playing those was characters. Disturbing. And what I just found out, which like really sort of makes sense, is that like that movie was only made because Harvey Weinstein was just like a super fan <gasps> and needed to produce no! it. So I was like, oh, no, this all makes sense. Oh my now. god, I
0: get goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> Now that changes everything. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh, good one. I can't wait to go on a deep dive and learn about all that creepy ugh, stuff. I don't like. Even ugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do not. Oh, yeah. there you go. Trig- trigger, trigger, trigger yes. warning for that movie. Yes. Ah, uh, well, uh, I look forward to episode three of This Changes Everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss any of our episodes. Uh, you can catch me on the Brain Candy Podcast and on Instagram at I'm Sarah Rice. And where can they find you, at Therapy Jeff? Yeah, they can
1: find Therapy Jeff on TikTok and Instagram. I also have a little Patreon that you can find me on at Therapy Jeff. And you should leave us a review and let us know are you like uh, a Sarah camper or are you like a Jeff luxury hotel in Hawaii? Like...
0: (laughs) I want to hear. Ooh, I'm going to put up a poll. I'm going to put up a poll and see what our listeners say. I'm going to be interested to see, like, who's filling up the uh, uh, Hawaii Four Seasons and who's come with me in the, you know, desolate camping area. All right. Until next time, this is Sarah and on. Bye, guys.